And we are. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Recording with the one and only Dr. Peter McCullough on Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. You were, I think, my last guest of last year. You were my first guest of this year, and you're not. I have another one after this, but you're on the last day of this year. So apparently, I have a soft spot for bookending or bookmarking my years with the one and only Dr. Peter McCullough. Dr. McCullough, how are you doing? Good, Tommy. I want to know am I your most frequent guest, though? Have I made the top five of the TPC podcast, or where where do I sit? I think you probably are, actually. I'm not even kidding. I think number one's probably a Delta Force guy I have on a lot. But I, in terms of doctors, you're absolutely number one. Um, you are definitely, I would say, the most controversial guest I have. And uh, you are definitely bring me in the most views just from a real politic uh, business standpoint of me tracking all the numbers. You are my you are my cash cow. So, uh, you know, that's a compliment, I hope. But uh, Dr. McCullough, what's going on, man? Tommy, you know, the one thing is when you put these up on Rumble, you got to pick the best thumbnail it's really uh it's really an art form to do that to draw the viewers in so many poppy news stories today on my twitter feed my newly restored twitter feed uh which is skyrocketing in terms of followers now tommy are you back on yourself i am not uh, everyone else is restored i'm still not back on me and my my whopping 1400 followers uh still permaband i'm not sure if that's a good thing that's a. I think it's because I'm too small and unimportant, but my ego likes to think it's because I'm too powerful. I think it's the sins you've uh, committed, uh, Tommy. You, you, you know the types of things you must have tweeted. You must have burned into the, you know, right into the laptops of those FBI agents who are oh, yeah. installed in the Twitter headquarters with CDC agents. We're now learning. American First Legal's done a great job with the FOIA documents. Lots of document dumps uh, elon musk has taken over everybody knows the story the u.s government was basically using twitter as a communication manipulation propaganda office kind of the office of propaganda and it started before COVID. i was astonished to learn uh, that the deep state was influencing election sentiment and they moved right into COVID to push the false narrative i think that's something that we didn't just I mean, we all suspected it. I, that's not a stretch at all to say we suspected it. But like all allegations or extraordinary claims, you need extraordinary evidence. And despite it seeing, seeming to be a, a uniform response, I always did hold the caveat that these are private companies. And as much as I didn't like it, they're private companies. However, it is definitely refreshing to to be vindicated and to see that this wasn't just... um. I think you can expect a certain amount of just sleazy actions in any organization, but this wasn't just uh, one department head, you know, maybe slipping a note to someone at a bar saying, hey, ban this guy. This was a streamlined uh, back end portal. And we are now seeing through the Twitter files actual requests 
of accounts and then you can see the chatter back and forth saying but there's no reason to ban this guy and someone saying just make something up and it yet yeah, began before covid started with covid and as we saw at the dhs intercepts far before the twitter files on october 31st of this year uh when the intercept released the dhs leaks um that it had what a surprise it had mission creep it started with election moved to covid and they wanted to ramp it up to american involvement in ukraine uh, border crossing numbers and inflation numbers. So I hope that it's being stopped in its track, but I also don't think it's too much of a an absurd assumption to say that Twitter's just the tip of the iceberg. What are your thoughts? I tend to agree. I just wonder how deep this really goes in terms of how the U.S. government now has, uh, in a sense, turned against its own people. Uh, the U.S. government itself, its agencies, trying to influence our democracy, trying to influence elections. Who, who would have, who would have imagined? You know, you could imagine third-party special interests or or other lobbyist groups, but not you know not having FBI agents uh, and CDC agents in, involved here. Um, how deep does this go? Uh, you know, tw Twitter is just one social media company. What about YouTube? Uh, what influence does the government have in writing community rules? What about Facebook? Uh, they're up. Another one is Instagram. Uh, you know, this artificial intelligence used about in, from Instagram uh, using facial recognition, all different types of AI to identify, quote, COVID misinformation. Misinformation is a propaganda term. We've covered it on your show. It appeared in the English literature in 1500. Uh, it was uh, word of the year in 2018 before COVID, Washington Post, uh, for its use in partisan politics, extensively used in Nazi Germany by the Office of Propaganda, and then now applied in COVID-19. There's actually journal articles written about misinformation. There is no such thing as misinformation. It's not a scientific term. There's simply our scientific data, multiple points of view, doctors swarming their opinions. There's no role for misinformation. Misinformation uh, should be expunged from all the credentialing boards, all the medical boards, uh, they are now on a propagandized mission to hunt doctors who stand in the way of a needle in every arm. I think what will be fascinating, and this is still in the in the realm of uh, extraordinary claims, and I acknowledge that, <clears throat> will be if we can see a second layer of um, of Twitter files, if you will if we will ever start to see a whistleblower or a leak or a FOIA request of direct requests from these corporations to the FBI, the DHS, uh, HHS, whatever, to then request their... Because once you've, once you've already broken, once you've already committed the crime, it's kind of the any charade of following the constitutions out the window. So I can only imagine that once that pipeline has started to have sort of been facilitated and strengthened like a new neuron pathway, hey, the FBI is requesting with Twitter. We have these, you know, Vijaya God was meeting with DHS weekly. Once that pipeline is is streamlined, everyone's on board, they all, with a wink and a nod, they all know what they're doing is wrong. Why would those people who are doing something wrong not continue to do wrong? If you get away with the crime once, why wouldn't you go back to the cookie jar? How long until somebody in the FBI or the DHS, you know, got contacted or contacted somebody from Pfizer or Moderna? Now, obviously, again, this is all speculation. I speak for myself, not for Dr. McCullough. But that's just one thing I'm kind of thinking is how long until uh, 
there's a revolving door of some low-level FBI agent who wants a payout. And uh, Pfizer says, hey, why don't you request this? That's what I think will be interesting. Well, there's so many layers. I, I doubt that Pfizer and Moderna are directly uh, you know, in their employment sure. layers dealing with this. They're using Weber Shandwick, which is the nation's largest PR firm. They're part of the IPG group. Weber Shandwick had a contract with Blackbird AI. And they had already uh, used a sophisticated AI within social media to actually de derive analytics regarding sentiments on vaccine, vaccine hesitancy. Uh, and so I think that's the, the place to look is look at Weber Shanwick. They had an installed marketing unit, a secret marketing unit within the CDC vaccine office. And they were marketing Pfizer and Moderna. In fact, the CDC paid them over $50 million this is a private PR marketing firm for Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, Senator Rand Paul was outraged. He sent a letter end of October of 2022 to Wachelle saying you can't have a marketing firm for big pharma physically in the CDC. And, and what was uncovered, a great substack to, to find all this is Paul Thacker, the disinformation substack. Uh, he has the emails that the Weber Shandwick employees were emailing each other saying, yeah, we got our job. We're in the CDC headquarters and we're promoting Pfizer and Moderna uh, COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, Weber Shandwick is now appearing at the South by Southwest conference alongside Dr. Richard Barron of the American Board of Internal Medicine and uh, Blackbird AI. And the title of their presentation is hunting doctors who are spreading misinformation. So you can see now this is wide open. This is a hunt. Uh, this is a mano y mano. Uh, this is organization versus organization. Uh, the bottom line is the strongest people in the country will break this grip of propaganda, this grip of, in a sense, organized crime that's going on. Remember, those promoting the vaccines are not giving any attention to vaccine safety. So when they say safe and effective, that means the next baby who develops a blood clot or myocarditis or dies in an allergic reaction, they're doing so at the hands that are of those individuals who are relentlessly promoting these vaccines with no attention to public safety, no attention to actually the well-being of Americans. There will be a day that we look back on this and it will be often brought up how did that happen? I know that. I know that it will, they will look back and say, how did this happen? How did such a progressive advanced society with, with Wi-Fi and, and self-driving cars, how did they, how did they give babies experimental injections that gave them blood clots? And I still haven't figured out how it has happened, but I think my role is to, at the very least, document it with Zoom interviews that have day, uh, month, year, hour, minute, second. So maybe someone someday can look back and understand how it happened, because several times just in the last century, we've had that question arise. How did that happen? And we apparently still have some form of amnesia. So at the very least, I think we need to continue to do these hundreds of, of episodes with doctors so that they can look back and understand how it happened. But I also do think there's a, and because it's the Christmas season, I do think there's reason to find positivity and optimism. And well, let's, let's talk about that, Tommy. You know, 
I was uh, reinstated. You know, former President Trump had a uh, survey done on Twitter. Should he be restored? The answer was 52 to 48. And then Trump was blown away with the McCullough poll. It was 98 to two. Let Dr. McCullough back on as the top doctor on Twitter. And uh, what I had found out is I was heavily shadow banned. They mm -hmm. had unfollow artificial intelligence on me, blacklisting. All they they tried everything they could to suppress my reach on Twitter. Now it appears as if most of these have been lifted. My following is skyrocketing today. Tommy, I'm probably going to exceed 700,000 today. That's just a few days back on Twitter. It's it's beyond belief at this point in time. The engagement. Well, while I was off Twitter, I I, I built up a Truth Social, Getter, Telegram started the Courageous Discourse Substack, the Counter Jab podcast with John Leake. I have my new book, Courage to Face COVID-19 out, America Out Loud Talk Radio, McCullery. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, this is a massive show of force in terms of media. If this is kind of mano e mano, I want to see who from the government can possibly go toe-to-toe -to -toe with me. I know no one will meet with me. Uh, and I was just in the U.S. Senate on December 7th, 2022, myself, uh, with, with great doctors alongside Kirk Milhone, Dr. Teresa Long, Dr. Ryan Cole, Harvey Risch, uh, you know, superstars, Aaron Siri, uh, lead attorney. Uh, we had uh, Brianne Dressen of React 19 representing COVID injured patients, Senator Ron Johnson, now Senator Roger Marshall. Uh, this was a real tour de force. We concluded at the end of that session that all the COVID-19 vaccines should be removed from the market, take them all off the market. They're not safe or sufficiently effective. We had seats and invited there, uh, Anthony Fauci, Rochelle Lewinsky, Ashish Jha, uh, Attorney General Murthy, other officials. We read off their names. They have refused to face doctors of medical authority in the United States. And I know more people follow my advice and my input than any of these government agencies, and they know it as well. And that's the reason why I was targeted on social media. Now, so far, some positive news today, uh, led by uh, the governor of Wyoming. 24 governors are calling on Biden to drop the emergency declaration for COVID-19. 29 governors. Attorney General Ken Paxton from Texas who I've been in communication with his office, great man, has launched a massive case against vaccine mandates and those entities that are still uh, pushing vaccine mandates. Uh, we are seeing now an appellate court strike down the Biden mandates for federal contractors to take the vaccine. And so it keeps going and going and going. Uh, the show of force now and resistance against uh, mass vaccination with grossly unsafe and, and now completely ineffective vaccines. Uh, our, our, our forces can't be uh, now any uh, more, more strong. We, we're, we're gaining every single day. And uh, right now, the government officials, you'll see them heading for the hills. This most recent deposition 
of Anthony Fauci in the attorney, uh, Missouri Attorney General Governor's case, I think spoke volumes. Fauci uh, said the phrase, I can't recall greater than 170 times. I can't recall means code word for I'm guilty as sin. That's, uh, it always makes me think of, I remember when I was like 15, probably like 13, loved basketball. And I always used to read about Dirk Nowitzki. And uh, what he used to do is he'd go back to Germany, I think, during the off season and he would train and everything he did. He would wear a, a vest with an 11-pound plate in the front and an 11-pound plate in the back. So whether it was running, whether it was dribbling, layups, jumpers, breakaways, whatever, he was training with 22 pounds. And then what he would do is he would take it off when the season started. And he always said that he just felt like he was floating on the court. Everything he could do was – and then the next summer he would you know, increase the weight a little bit. That's what I'm constantly, constantly reminded of by these bans and shadow bannings, AI unfollows, everything. They're the 22-pound vest. Now, if you give up and you never make it to the next season, then it's all for naught, right? So if you give up and say they've won, the, you know, the Marxists have won, the biosurveillance states won, well, then it's all for naught. But if you can continue the training, if you can keep pushing, all of a sudden you get a break. And it's uh, who had on their 2022 bingo card, Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter. Right. So now all of a sudden you're back. You've got you've you've already fine honed, you know, your Twitter messages, you from the thumbnails to the links to the. So now you're on Twitter and you are acting in a way as if you are still fighting bots and shadow banning, but none of that's there. So it's just it's just a free break. And then it's also your auxiliary accounts you have to build like because i've got banned from twitter i have to build up all these other accounts again it is that 22 pound vest god willing if i'm back on twitter now all of a sudden that's a bonus to me so there is there is value in what has happened bitshoot rumble odyssey spotify cloud hub brighteon getter gab truth telegram all these things have been even in the last 12 months let alone last three years. And uh, Tommy, when you send this uh, link uh, with a really good thumbnail uh, uh, there on it, especially with my eyes open, not closed, and you know, making an important point, that's going to be seen by seven hundred thousand followers plus, yeah. and then it's going to be sent out. You think about that one break that you're going to see here. Yeah. Uh, you you're bringing on so many superstars. You know, Peter Bregan, a uh, close friend of both of ours. His book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey, it sold over 100,000 copies independent of any publisher. Good Lord. I mean, this is a stunning, the real Anthony Fauci, which was uh, went through a New York trade publishing house, Skyhorse uh, Publishing, Tony Lyons, a uh, real hero, uh, that sold over a million copies. We have Scott Atlas's book, Cloud Over the White House, my book, Courage to Face COVID-19. What Steve Bannon has said is, thank God you guys wrote the books. Because uh, you know these are printy. Hang on to them. Uh, what's written there is, is citations. Uh, the, the electronics are so corrupted right now. I think one of the big areas of corruption is search engines. You try to search anything in a search engine now. Google, all of them, all of them have AI that is filtering messages out. I, today specifically, <laughs> I looked for the recent, recently released documentary called uh, Silence No More. Tommy, you got to see this. Uh, this is out of New Zealand, uh, and it, it is just amazing. In New Zealand, 
tiny country, North Island, South Island. I've been there. I've lectured at the major medical schools there. I really love the people, the Kiwis. We call them Kiwis there, Tommy. They had a program called No Jab, No Job. And so they forced people to take one of the COVID-19 vaccines. And now the island's been ravaged with vaccine injuries. And what you'll see in this movie is you'll see people with this movement disorder. It's a choreathetic movement disorder. It's a high velocity hand movement where they cannot stay their wheelchair bound. And they just had dozens of them lined up in a town square. They had one young man who died of fatal myocarditis and uh, they were putting on a public program and filming it. What the New Zealand government did is they sent in the police not to break it up, but they had high resolution cameras and they were taking pictures for intelligence gathering operations. And so later on, the, the NGO in New Zealand asked uh, what the government was doing. And in their documents, they were actually gathering information. Now, this is no different than the brown shirts gathering information against the Jewish resistance uh, in Nazi Germany. Uh, many wonder now that uh, uh, Twitter has been uh, liberated, is this just an information gathering exercise for those FBI agents? Are they still in the offices of Twitter just now really ramping up what types of messages are going to come out on my feed? Uh, you know, no one knows at this point in time. I, I think it's safe to assume that anybody here who's speaking out against the false narrative is what's considered a person of interest. You know, when the FBI the DOJ, any of the intelligence communities, when they investigate people, there's three levels, Tommy. Mm -hmm. There's POI, per person of interest. I think for sure, person of interest. Then after that, one is actually a subject. That if one is a subject of investigation, that means you could be identified as a perpetrator. And then lastly, the highest level is a target. A target means you have been determined to be a perpetrator and they're going after you. I think it's safe to assume right now we're all POIs, persons of interest. Some of us may be um, indeed uh, subjects of investigation. I know for the American Board of Internal Medicine, I'm clearly a subject. Uh, and now that the Credentials Committee, uh, with no due process, no fairness, uh, without any uh, legal grounds to stand on, they have uh, convicted me of COVID misinformation. Now they're moving to strip away my residency and fellowship. I'm probably at the level of a target. And to be honest with you, I'd rather I'd rather be at that level because again, this is strength on strength. Who's strong enough, Tommy, to come after me now? That's what I want to know. I can't get a single bad email, not a single phone call, no knocks at the door. And believe me, I'm ready when they come. I think one thing you have to remember is that you're already dead. That's I hear that from all like the the special forces guys I've interviewed. They say you're dead already. When you're going on the mission, don't you're not thinking about, am I going to survive? You're already dead. Act that way. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And then you'll survive. And that's kind of how I go about this. You're, uh, you're not even a target. You're one up of that. You're, you're, you're marked for elimination. Just accept it and move forward. Spoiler alert, none of us make it out alive. So just 
remember that. And also, but Tommy, remember, Tommy, remember special forces. They're far weaker than someone like me. And the reason being is they have the U.S. government behind them. Well, there you go. I've got nobody behind me. Think about go. these special forces guys. They have every resource at their disposal. I have nothing. Oh, yeah, so a yeah. special forces person to me is like a kindergartner. Yeah. They're just, they're nowhere close because they've, they have all the resources at their disposal. You and I have none. So these special forces guys, they don't even know what it's like to be in the kitchen, let alone be hot in the oven. <laughs> it's so remember you're, you're already gone, but that's just, I think that further uh, enforces my point. And also when you look at something like Twitter and go, is this just, a, is this a, is this a mirage? Are they loosening the controls in order to gather more data? Is this actually, they want to see who's speaking up now. You can't decipher it all. You'll never know. It'll be analysis paralysis. You won't feel safe to make a tweet until 50 years from now. By then, it's too late. So you kind of just have to use a compass and go north. It doesn't, you never know if the streetlights are in on it. You never know if the person telling you to turn right is an ally or an enemy. Trust the compass and go north. Your, your compass can be God. It can be your gut. It can be whatever. Just keep going true north. And that's kind of how I look. I don't care if Elon Musk is a good guy or a bad guy. I don't care who runs Getter or who runs Rumble. Just keep going in that direction and just go for it. Because nothing being being hesitant and being and triple thinking and quadruple thinking is going to get us nowhere. And and I know it may sound uh, insulting to be positive in a time when so many people do have vaccine injuries, but I think there are a lot of similarities to the Cold War in that you can never stop progress. So when the atomic bomb comes on board and then the missiles come on board, there was no, there was never any simulation or scenario where humanity didn't come to that crossroads. I think if you looked at every, you know, intelligent life in the universe, there's probably a nuclear weapons bottleneck. All you can do is, is move forward and navigate. And you might look back and say, well, we barely got through the cold war. We had the Cuban missile crisis. We had, you know, Kennedy assassinated. We had 1983 Abel Archer. We got through it with flying colors by the very virtue of the fact that we survived. Do we still have nuclear weapons pointed at each other? Yes, we do. But it's a bottleneck, and I would say we navigated it because we're still alive. And that's kind of how I look at big tech, the intelligence agencies infiltrating it. The more I think about it, the less I think that this was ever unavoidable. I think in a million simulations, we are in, it. it's a cold war. And much like the cold war, it's daily terror. It's duck and cover. And then one day I was born in 1990. So I don't know anything about the cold war. And, you know, I have people tell me all the time, like, we didn't think we were going to get out of it, but we did. And so I can only imagine in 30 years or 40 years, you know, they'll learn about cold war too. And I'll be like, dude, you didn't understand. We thought that the Chinese were going to take over Twitter and the FBI was going to knock down my, well, how did we get out of it? I don't know. I guess we kind of just, it took 40 years, but we got at, if we've done it with the Cold War, nuclear weapons and Kennedy being shot, why can't we do it with Facebook? It, to me, it's just, of course, this is what was going to happen. doesn't mean it makes it any easier, but this is how it happens. It's an ugly win, but I think that this is expected. It's kind of naive to think that this would be a walk in the park. Yeah, a couple guys would control the information for 5 billion people. And then there was no corruption. What? What? No, of, of course this is what it looks like. 
is intelligence agencies attacking doctors. What other, how else would it have gone? So that's kind of my two cents on that, not to get myself all jacked up, but I think this was inevitable. You know, the one thing about censorship is interesting looking across history, censorship crosswalks to people with newfound power. Meaning once those Twitter employees realized that they could censor things and actually start to effectuate things, they felt power. So did those FBI agents. So did uh, the CDC officers. They felt power. And uh, power has this enormous uh, force that uh, is, is it's so much bigger than money. It's so much bigger than you know, any other thing that can influence a human being. Uh, some of the smallest people begin to have power. And what we've learned in some of these documents were there were some tremendous Trump haters out there. And these little people who are Trump haters, boy, they really got to have their way with manipulating Twitter to getting the point of getting them kicked off Twitter. You can imagine all the things they were doing uh, to him. So he's been a lightning rod for hate. And, um, and I think in my case, what they were saying is, that listen, this doctor, everything he says seems to get people to nod their heads in the right direction. It wasn't just Twitter. You know, I've gone uh, to almost every state in the country. I've given major public programs, testified in the U.S. Senate as much as anybody, multiple state senates. My testimony is always accurate, truthful. Uh, I cite the data. I'm publishing the studies myself. Um, you know, I've, I'm unassailable in terms of the science. Uh, the only decision they could do is say, listen, shut this guy down. Mm -hmm. uh, this guy is standing between the government objective of a needle in every arm. I may be the biggest obstacle that exists right now in the United States. Uh, and by the behavior of these agencies, I think that's probably the case. I'd rather just have him come out in the open. And Senator Johnson tried to do that. He wrote Richard Barron at the American Bar of Internal Medicine and said, listen, instead of all this uh, you, you know, shadow banning, now this uh, stripping of Dr. McCullough's uh, credentials. I want you to come out and let's just have a discussion on this. And the American Board of Internal Medicine just refused to respond to him. Richard Barron doubled down and said, you know, we're going to join forces with the AMA. Uh, they, the, these medical societies are so emboldened with the COVID community core program. And a lot of people don't know about this, but in 2001, over $13 billion flowed from the White House and HHS to private entities without any checks and balances, without any uh, budgeting or reconciliation. We're talking money flowing to the American Medical Association, federal dollars to the American Medical Association, American Association of Pediatrics, uh, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, uh, Black and Hispanic groups, churches, Hollywood, all the major media companies, the NFL, this money came in as gravy money, gravy money. And what they were asked to do is push these vaccines. They were asked to push mandates, restrictions, uh, just follow the narrative. Can you imagine? This is the biggest government bribe in history. And when we start to sort this out, you know, the first question we're going to have is, did anybody take any COVID community core funding? And uh, you know, what we're going to find is follow the money here. And that's where people basically uh, began to, you know, in a sense, become corrupted. Even those who didn't <coughs> want the vaccines or certainly want to 
have them forced on their employees, they succumbed. And before we knew it, there were vaccine mandates, even when the CDC said that they never supported mandates. Uh, even when the CDC came out and said they didn't block transmission, what we found is private company after private company. A lot of this was fueled by Weber Shandwick. Weber Shandwick had an embedded uh, team called Plan VX that they installed in major corporate companies across the United States. They were supposedly helping companies return from COVID. And what they were doing is they were pushing Pfizer Moderna vaccines. They were pushing vaccine mandates. They were uh, pushing uh, having people work from home to keep these companies, uh, in a sense, in this constant state of fear. Do you know, to this day, major companies in Hollywood are not fully back in the office. They're still pretending like COVID is a serious illness. They're working from home. I know this firsthand. Do you know, major financial services companies are still pretending COVID is a threat in the workplace. And so they're, they're WebExing from home, Tommy. And yet the same people... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply go out to crowded restaurants at night, they go to sports games, sit shoulder to shoulder, but somehow in the offices of a major financial service company, they're still pretending as if COVID-19 is a is an employment threat. Can you go into a little more about uh, so Weber Sham, Shanwick? Can you, can you explain what was planned VX? Yeah, Weber Shanwick, it's on my Twitter feed. Tommy, Weber Shanwick, the marketing firm for Pfizer and Moderna, uh, devised a corporate plan. It was called Plan VX, and it means plan vaccination. Uh, and then they offered a toolkit to companies to come in and start to, in the human resources department, promote COVID-19 vaccines, specifically with Pfizer Moderna vaccines. And it was in an attempt to, quote, return to normal after COVID. I think every company that has a vaccine mandate right now uh, should be subject to an inquiry of did they accept marketing services from Weber Shanwick, basically an extension of Pfizer Moderna. We know that the CDC directly paid Weber Shanwick over $50 million themselves. Weber Shanwick you know, turned around and spent 10 million with Blackbird AI to start running AI, artificial intelligence programs through social media, probably against people like me and you. This is the type of uh, investigation that we need from our investigative journalists. You shouldn't, shouldn't take a doctor to figure this out. No. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I just saw Weber Shamwick on the playbill with the American Board of Internal Medicine, which is in, in the process of stripping me of my career. And that's the reason why it became of interest to me. But why aren't other corporate leaders disturbed about uh, Pfizer and Moderna marketing their products within companies? I've always wondered, why are messenger RNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, why are the subject of the conversation? Why are we never talking about Johnson & Johnson and Novavax? Now I know why. The government actually is favoring the messenger RNA vaccines, and Weber Shanwick's a big reason why they're promoted and the other ones are not. That's why. Why? Why is that? Do you think it's free R and D? Do you think it's hey, let's see what happens when we jab everyone of every age, of every sex, of every race? I think there's a wedded um, uh, uh, 
conviction among DARPA, our military research unit towards messenger RNA, their ADEPT P3 Protect program, that program we've reviewed on your show, uh, that was announced in 2012, Tommy. They said we will end pandemics in 60 days using messenger RNA genetic vaccines. And we know Moderna started to get its first flow of monies 2012, 2013. Moderna co-wrote the patent with the NIH long before COVID. Uh, so I think there's been a government commitment to messenger RNA. Uh, the government wasn't committed to Johnson & Johnson at all, certainly not committed to Novavax. The FDA intentionally suppressed Novavax from coming on the market for a year. Uh, I find it so interesting that the money flows to these companies, but the, they don't make the vaccines themselves. The money flows from these companies as a marketing shield, and then they flow to biodefense contractors. So for instance, Moderna is made by a biodefense company called Resilience. They have a big factory in Mississauga, Ontario, one in the United States, and that Moderna doesn't even know what goes in these vaccines. They have no rights to inspection on the final fill and finish. This is a biodefense contractor product that rolls off the lines of, of, of bioresilience. It gets shipped and it ends up at CVS and Walgreens. We know that AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson, which are both adenoviral products, they're made by emergent biosolutions outside of Baltimore, Maryland. So it's, you have the two competing adenoviral vaccines that are made by the same company just outside of Baltimore, Maryland. And, and again, these are biodefense companies. And, and so this is a military project. This is a military project, in a sense, directed against the U.S. public. I mean, it's not really a surprise when it, it is, but it isn't. It, it does seem to be that the military industrial complex, the DARPA intelligence community, that seems to be the nucleus of whatever driving forces are behind world events. And I don't mean in the sense that it's, you know, 12 guys in a room, but in terms of top down flow of orders of where we are steering the evolution of man and, and, and society, it's not really a surprise when all, all the roads go back to that impenetrable event horizon of of dod it it does seem to be a an effective uh control mechanism of the whole world i think where i'm still fully acknowledge and fully admit i don't know what the answer is i would like to think and this is still a terrible answer but i would like to think that what this was is uh they wanted to see because we all have d- different genetic makeups. One of my best friends in college was a Korean guy, and he always he would drink two beers and vomit. And he'd be like, "I don't have the same number of alcohol dehydrogenase enzymes as you. You're you're Irish, Tommy. Like this, this, you're not you're not normal." And it's like, "All right, fair enough." But we know in mean, black people have sickle cell anemia. I'm white and Irish. Surprise! I can't go out in the sun. I get burned. We all have different genetic makeups, and I can only imagine that if we're looking at if we're looking at 2012, so 11 years removed from 9/11. The next big threat, a Pearl Harbor, a 9-11 could be a bioweapon attack. We have this. We want to be able to squash pandemics in their tracks, but you really only have one chance and you don't want to find out after you jump out of the plane that the parachute doesn't work. So the idea might be, let's see what happens when we, it's not that it's a COVID mRNA vaccine. It's that it's an mRNA vaccine. Does the delivery mechanism work? Whatever you put in the lipid nanoparticle is whatever. They want to see how does this thing work? And I think they wanted data on 7 billion people. They didn't want to do 15 years of clinical trials. They didn't want to go through the FDA. Mandate it. Just 
bum rush it through. And to me, that's best case scenario. And again, speaking for myself, not Dr. McCall, that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is there's something far more sinister going on with why they are so obsessed with mRNA. Is there anything you can speak on that or would you rather not speculate? Well, let me just... Let me just pick up on the lipid nanoparticles, sure. which, which I think is a disastrous idea. It's a disastrous idea to load genetic material on, on lipid nanoparticles and then install the genetic code for a lethal protein engineered by US researchers at UNC Chapel Hill, Harvard, and the Swiss Institute. But the work is done in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the biosecurity lab level four that was actually built by Stefan Bainzel at BioMU when he was there, now the current CEO of Moderna. The biodefense contractors for DARPA and BARDA who created the vision for them that lipid nanoparticles could be laced with messenger RNA, those individuals should be held accountable. That idea is a disastrous idea. And it was born around 2012. And uh, you know these biodefense contractors, consultants have bragged that they've built billions of dollars out of the government. This is a tragedy. This is a, the worst scientific idea I've ever heard of. If someone told me in 2012 that we're gonna put the genetic code for a lethal protein on a lipid nanoparticle, that's gonna go into the brain, the heart, the ovaries, the, the adrenal glands, and we're just gonna see what happens when we install the code for this formal, this, uh, this foreign, devastating protein. I would say they're out of their minds that they're actually intentionally doing harm. So I think all the people that convinced BARDA and DARPA to even do this need to be held accountable. Uh, those who were tweaking the messenger RNA so it would uh, code for a more invasive spike protein, this fearing cleavage joint uh, manipulation that was going on. Uh, they, these are terrible irresponsible, reckless, poorly conceived ideas. And anybody who had a role in this, uh, I think is just, just absolutely guilty as sin right now. They've, they've committed crimes against American people. Uh, they've injured so many people. What DARPA is gonna say is they're gonna say, listen, it wasn't our idea. We followed the experts, mm -hmm. we followed the consultants. The experts are gonna say, listen, DARPA was the one funding this. And DARPA is going to say, listen, we're just a funding mechanism. What Fauci is going to say is, listen, the NIH is just a funding mechanism. It's these guys who are doing the work. These guys made this virus uh, more lethal. The Chinese are going to say, listen, it's not our idea. This was an American idea. We, they, we were just subcontractors. They were just using our lab. You can see how people are going to be pointing to fingers to one another, some coming out early and saying, hey, uh, you know, it was a bad idea. They're, tr they're trying to get themselves out of this pathway of prosecution. Deborah Burke's coming out and saying, oh, we knew these vaccines weren't gonna work and, and, and more people getting COVID uh, in the hospital are fully vaccinated. Fauci under, under oath saying, I can't recall, I can't recall. You're gonna see more and more of this um, as it goes on. No one is going, no one's coming out and really standing behind this. If you can see, everyone is basically, uh, in a sense, behind a shield. So many people say, well, you know, I don't recommend the vaccines, but we follow what the CDC says. The CDC says, well, well, you know, we don't, uh, we don't advise mandates. And, you know, so everyone's going to be pointing fingers at one, one another. <clears throat> the bottom line is there's only one correct path is to not take these vaccines and hold strong. That hold strong position is more powerful than, than the billions and trillions of dollars that have been poured on this. Just that simple human strength 
of holding strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to your gut instinct. The thing that's been uh, built up in your in your reptilian brain, those old neural pathways, as old as finding food and uh, avoiding tigers. Avoid the shadow in the night. It, that epigenetics evolved for a reason. Whatever your gut's telling you, listen to it because it applies to mRNA vaccines as much as it applies to a saber-toothed tiger hiding with the sun behind it. That just just listen to it. Um. Yeah, no, they'll 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 eventually pin it on someone who's dead. That's what they'll do. Is it'll all come back to somebody who's not alive anymore, and that's how they'll launder all of the uh, all of the guilt and responsibility. But I don't know. It it seems if it goes back to twenty twelve, it just makes me think of what is going on right now. Right, we think that it goes back to twenty nineteen, and that's not the case. If it goes to twenty twelve, and I think you should read into IARPA, the Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Agency, which I can find nothing about. The only utterance of it I've ever heard is in the last chapter of James Bamford's 2003 book, uh, uh, Shadow Factory, the ultra secret post 9-11 NSA. And even in that, it's eerie, written in almost 20 years ago. And they're talking about artificial brains and picking up on whispers a mile away. I can only think that whatever is going on right now in 2022, almost 2023, is what we're going to be dealing with in the 2030s. I don't. Is well, that some... you know, I think everything's in the open. You know, you can go to the DARPA website mm-hmm. and look at all their projects. They have project after project. You can review them. That's where America is spending billions of dollars right now. Another good source to look at is the Johns Hopkins Center for Biosecurity. They just held a tabletop exercise about a next uh, pathogenic uh, pandemic. And this one, high mortality rate in children and how they're gonna manipulate social media and parents' attitudes towards, you guessed it, mass vaccination. Tommy, this is all out in the open right now. I, I mean, you can expect it. This tabletop exercise that was held about a year ago on smallpox, monkeypox, like basically on cue, we, we had quote, an outbreak of smallpox, monkeypox. Well, fortunately, people in the media, like myself, experts, we got way ahead on that one. And we uh, quickly uh, diffused any public concern about that. Even despite Biden declaring a national emergency, no one's talking about smallpox, monkeypox. That died quickly once it was understood that it took on a a male, gay, and bisexual form of, of transmission and human-to-human transfer. It died quickly, even though Biden's still holding open that emergency, like we're like we're supposed to go out to a restaurant tonight and worry about a monkeypox emergency. So this is basically now a war. It's a war of. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Uh, interests within the U.S. government and probably a larger biopharmaceutical complex worldwide. We read about it in our book, including the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, the Gates Foundation, Welcome Trust, Rockefeller Foundation, Gavi, CEPI, Unitaid, uh, the major regulatory agencies, this complex now is fully formed and it's a war. 
And, and who, who really are they fighting against? They're fighting against people like you and me. They're fighting against the tiniest little people on earth. And it's a war of information. That's what this is. This is a war of information. Bullets aren't flying, but it's a war of information. Can you imagine if, 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 if the other side, this biopharmaceutical complex has had its way, we've already would have had, you and I would have had monkeypox injections. We mm -hmm. would have lined up and out. We would have had at this point in time, probably five genetic COVID-19 vaccine injections if, if we could, if our bodies could tolerate it. Um, you, you can see what's going on here. This is a war. It's strength versus strength, truth versus falsehood. And, and the goal is always to, again, maintain that sharpness, that strength, uh, the truth in communication. It, it cannot be touched. I told Joe Rogan, it's like kryptonite. Mm -hmm. It's like kryptonite. The other side falls in the face of truth. That's the reason why they wouldn't show up and face me and doctors in my circles in the U.S. Senate. I think mm -hmm. that that speaks volumes and America knows it. I do think whatever the next thing is going to be is going to be some form of more so than we've already seen information warfare. They're going to have some event. It's going to result in some form of legislation. There's going to, because they're not, I don't think they're, they're very uh, pleased with the outcome of, of the, of the COVID run. I don't, they were, you're supposed to have like, you know, targets that will fight back. You're not supposed to have Dr. McCall. You're not supposed to have me in a bedroom. Like that's not supposed to be a viable threat. You're supposed to be looking at other nation states and governments, maybe corporations. We're not supposed to be posing a an actual uh, resistance, and we are. I can only imagine there's going to be some sort of some sort of digital or informational nine eleven. It will either consist of of deep fakes or or false stories. They're going to do something to crack because they can't carry anything out as long as information is flowing. So be it, be it MRNA vaccines or be it the Patriot Act or be it whatever, it's all predicated. The backbone of it all is do you have control of the information, right? That was one of the big problems with Vietnam was journalists getting in there. You didn't have journalism in World War II. It was just fight the good fight, shut up. And as we get to journalists posting pictures of like, hey, we napalm to school and you have people at home in their living rooms going, the hell? You got to control that. And they controlled it for a while, but this has gotten out of the bag. They're not going to go down without a fight. And that doesn't make me happy to say, but there's going to, I don't know what it will be, but there's going to be something that they, they're going to want to scare you in the same way that COVID made you fear going out to your mailbox. I have no idea what it will be. And I don't claim to know. And again, I speak for myself and not Dr. McCullough. There's something brewing. These guys are not, these are not good people. There, there's something brewing in some think tank somewhere. And in 2029, I'm going to be doing an episode with you. And you're going to be like, Tommy, did you know back in 2022, we're finding out that they were running a program out of wherever. So, so Tommy, let's, you know, you said the word they several times. And that's one of the things that always bothers me. Sure. When people say conspiracy theorists and they say they. Those with a you know, disproportional amount of government control and wealth. Right. But, but, let's, but, but let's name some names when we sure. say they. I, I think it's fair to say this. So let me throw out a, a name and you tell me if they're in or out. How about Klaus Schwab? Klaus Schwab in. Bill Gates. In. Jacinda Ahern, Prime Minister of New Zealand. In. Justin Trudeau, Canada. In. In. President Biden. In. Ashish Jha. 
I don't know that name. He's the current White House coronavirus coordinator. In. Anthony Fauci. In. Robert Califf, head of the FDA. In. How about Peter Marks, FDA Vaccine Advisory Committee? In. How about um, Dr. Rubin, editor of New England Journal of Medicine? In. And I want to I want to make a, a I want to make a specification. In in that the higher higher ups are in in. There are people I imagine below that think they're doing the right thing and follow. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't want to throw in and say these are all part of the they. I would imagine there are probably a lot of people who in a different scenario would be a Dr. McCullough, but they they're true believers. They genuinely so when I say in they, they, they I don't either, know. They either truly believe Tommy or this COVID community core money. If you go to COVID community sure. core website, that was so much money that flowed. Whether they're personally benefiting or their society now is at a whole different level. Can you imagine the money that flowed into the American Medical Association mm-hmm. and the Screen Actors Guild and the National Football League? This is government money and lots of it. So I think you're right. So when we say they, it's easily those people and many, many more. Anybody who benefited from this government largesse as Correct. it started to flow. Tommy, I can imagine the COVID Community Corps, none of that money flowed to the TPC broadcast studios no. in your bedroom. It, no. it didn't. And none of it flowed to me, that's for sure. And I think the miscalculation is that while money can influence so many, that uh, you know, fear and pressure, coercion, reprisal, damaging people, that doesn't shut people up. You know, I've been stripped of two jobs now. I've been uh, I've been fired for no reason. I'm I'm going out trying to find another uh, another mode of making it as a doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm being stripped of my board certifications. It's not making me quiet, Tommy. It doesn't it doesn't make me think, boy, I should really just be quiet so something good can happen to me. No, it's making me stronger, louder. I can be on more TV shows. I can have a greater influence. Uh, My name is probably better known than virtually every one of the names we just mentioned in the world right now, because I've been on so many different media platforms, including I think the king of them all, which is Daystar, the largest Christian broadcasting network the estimates are each show, and I've done four of them, Tommy, 1.7 billion people. When I, when, I go on, when, I go on, when I go on Fox News, it's less than a million. When I went on Joe Rogan with all the clips and reclips, it probably was about half of the nation. <clears throat> I can tell you, I go on, uh, I've been on a podcast with Tommy Knightley. You need to meet him. He's in Palm Beach. Great guy. He said direct listens, 3 million, which is very impressive. Uh, and then, of course, all the cut-ups and what have you. Uh, that can't be matched by any one of these public health officials. I, I think they honestly just ought to come over to my house and we ought to sit down and have a little negotiation. I'm ready for it. Um, uh, the bottom line is they can't match this. It's matchless. It's absolutely matchless. And it's the, it's the correctness of the information. It's the credibility. I've been at this from the very beginning. No one can go back and say, well, we've been at it longer than you have. No. No, it doesn't work that way. And there's more and more doctors, people in positions of medical authority. They're joining my circles every day, not vice versa. I don't know a single doctor who's held out so far and said, well, I'm going to start taking vaccines now. Where do I start? Do you know that the government actually has no pathway for someone who suddenly wants to take vaccines now? 
you don't we don't know if they start with a bivalent booster or do you start with the legacy <laughs> shots They're, they actually haven't even considered that it's a one-way street where people are dropping out of the vaccine program currently the cdc says only 13 percent of americans are even in the program taking anything at this point in time that means 87 percent of people are out of that uh, right now the kaiser family foundation survey just came out it's on my podcast uh, uh, my Substack feed today, Courageous Discourse, they have only about 80, I think it's 84% in there. And that's a pretty pro-vaccine survey group uh, that are involved. In fact, it's even worse than that. People who are now questioning the COVID-19 vaccines, they're questioning the entire pediatric vaccine schedule because the CDC ill-advised put COVID-19 in with all the other necessary vaccines. And what pa parents are saying is, wait a minute, the COVID-19 vaccine uh, has not been demonstrated to be safe or effective in children. It's not medically necessary, clinically needed. And now you're saying it's just like an MMR or a Tdap shot. So parents are starting to, to question the entire vaccine schedule and talk about an erosion of those who are promoting vaccines. The FDA, the CDC, uh, Big Pharma. We know Merck is a big vaccine supplier, AstraZeneca, Pfizer. They're in trouble because sentiment now is turned against them. I think that, and I've I've talked about it before. It's a it's a form of a evolutionary or selection pressure. The fact that you keep going and keep talking, there's no part of you that wants to turn around and say, "Oh, you guys were right." And uh, that and another thing is is I mean I've done it. This is episode one thousand thirty five. The top ten episodes are responsible for over ninety nine percent of all cumulative views. The top ten episodes across the board are about COVID about vaccine injuries, mass formation psychosis, lockdowns, mandates. That is not an accident that the vast majority of people, it's like a lightning rod. This wouldn't exist. This wouldn't still be a topic if the vast majority of people weren't still concerned with it. No one cares about anything else. You don't see it on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. It's all shadow banned. They want you to feel alone. There's a massive psychological aspect to this. They want you to, they want you to feel like you're the only one raising. You know, when the teacher says, who wants to do this for the field trip? And one kid raises his hand and then he slowly puts it back down. They don't want you to look around and realize that you're with a bunch of people who are going, I want to do that too. They want you to feel alone. They want you to feel embarrassed. You know, okay, I'll shut up. They don't want that. Um, And to go back, and, I, and I'm glad you brought it up to kind of do a 180 is, it is it is definitely a it is definitely a, a blanket statement that you can't make when you say they. That is absolutely correct. And I would say that I think for the vast majority of the last century or so, it's been it's been nation state versus nation state. I think we are seeing, and I don't know when it started, maybe ten years ago, maybe longer, what we're seeing is now it's not nation state versus nation state. It's not nationalism, it's not America versus China or and they'll still use that. But it's the oldest thing of time. It is the select few wanting to impose their will on others. I mean, why did they hate Martin Luther for the 99th East? Because he wanted the he wanted the church to you wanted the mass to be said in the language you understood. They wanted the priest to face you, not say it in Latin. Why did people hate the printing press? Because you'd be able to spread books. They always, whenever the gatekeepers are about to have their respective gate broken open, all throughout history they fight like hell to keep the gate shut and then it eventually breaks free. And then it, that becomes the norm for hundreds of years. And we accept that as the norm, but it was not the norm. There was a time when it was a, it was misinformation. If you wanted to be able to talk to God directly, not through the priest, 
It was misinformation when, you know, you're like, hey, let's just get in a boat and go see what else is out there. No, the queen has to give it a stamp. of The church used to dictate astrophysics. So this is part and parcel for the evolution of man. So, yeah, it's not surprising at all. It doesn't make it any better, but it's not surprising at all that what a surprise a handful of a hundred or a thousand people wanted bio digital IDs to track movement of humans and track the information that you're able to access. That's as old as getting a club and beating a tiger to impress a woman. Like this has been going on for millions of years. Accept it and act accordingly. So that's kind of well, my on that. Tommy, that was a great summary. I think we're about ready to wrap yes, it up. Sir. But that was a great summary. You know, I tell you, you're you're equal match for my best-selling true crime author, John Leake. His ability to range through history, <laughs> uh, you and uh, you're doing such great work. And I just want to put in a positive word for your sure. podcast. I've mentioned you now up there with Rogan, Tommy Knightley, Ricky Varnett, Barnabas. I just went on with Ricky. Um, uh, I just went on with Ryan Christian, the last American vagabond. I, I can probably put up a scoreboard of the top 10 podcasts. And what makes them so good is the journalist and, and your ability to range through history, uh, to make this come alive. The content is so good. Everything we've mentioned today is citable. You can go check yeah. out every single thing Tommy said, everything I said, it's citable. And independent media right now is blowing away syndicated media, blowing it away because it's independent and people are going to podcast, Tommy, like they've never gone before. And they're catching up on things, particularly young people. Uh, and that's the reach of the podcast who are patient. They want to learn more. They want independent viewpoints. And so I'll, I'll finish there by saying congratulations on, on such a wonderful uh, product, uh, such a, in a sense, a platform you've created. You're bringing on great people. And I continue to recommend them to your program. Thank you, sir. And Dr. McCall has given me oodles of guests that you may not realize, but uh, the vast majority of doctors I have on are from the great Dr. McCullough. So I, uh, my ego will never not take that flattering and I will, I will take it and I will put it in the shelf and I will pick it up later and look at it and say, Dr. McCullough said I'm the best and I'll continue to name drop you. But Dr. McCullough, as always, I love talking to you. You're a walking encyclopedia. You're a man of God and you're inspiring. And I, I love that you, you're you, no BS. You realize what we're up against and uh, you keep going nonetheless. And so from the bottom of my heart, Dr. McCullough, I love you. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. Uh, Merry Christmas, Dr. McCullough. Merry and Christmas, happy, New happy holidays. Happy, Mer and happy New Year. Right. Happy, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year's. Go follow Dr. McCullough on Twitter and maybe one day I'll be back there. Stay safe. Stay safe, everybody. Keep fighting the good fight. Dr. McCullough, thank you so much.